He said, if you want to be successful tomorrow, then you must be teachable today. I know somebody in your life has probably told you, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. It's one of those things that people roll their eyes about, but you have to double down on your ability to listen. All right, welcome back or welcome to Embrace Your Truly. This is a podcast designed to help you nurture your self-knowing. So let's get into it. Yo, it's October. It's freaking Scorpio season, man. I do want to say before we get started on this episode, I want to do a quick shout out to one of my best, best friends ever. It was her birthday yesterday. So Maddie, if you are listening, man, happiest of freaking birthdays to you. Big fucking 28 doing the damn thing right now. She has me by like 25 days because, yep, I'll be 28 at the end of October. Super fucking pumped to be turning 28 because fuck. I learned a lot in year 27, let me tell you, which actually is a great transition into our episode topic, because today we're going to be talking about coachability, and of course, the learning process of what it actually means to be coachable. And I'm not just going to be talking about this in the sports setting, I want to talk about this in the life setting. Like, man, you have to be coachable in life. If you're not coachable in life, like, how are you ever going to be successful at what you want to do? Right? Because like once you start to find what you're passionate about, what your values are, what you stand for, all those things, like you don't just know how to demonstrate your values. You don't just know how to pursue your dreams and your goals and whatever it is like that you want life to be. You don't just like know. You have to go through an entire learning process. And at some point, you should have a coach or a mentor that helps you get what you want. And I think that people start to feel like they're stuck in a job or they're stuck in a relationship or they're stuck in their living situation um, when they believe that they've capped out on what they can learn, which that absolutely happens. You can be in a situation for so long and learn the absolute most that you possibly can and need to change your environment and need to go somewhere else. But there's a difference. There's a difference between truly capping out on how much you can learn from a person, from a situation, from whatever, whatever, and you believing that you're peaking because you're being led by your ego. Maybe you've been in the same job for two years, five years, whatever, and you think that you know more than your boss does. Well, that may be true, sure, but you don't have the position that your boss does. So there's some type of disconnect. Either you truly don't have the skills to be in that position or you don't have the humility to objectively observe your boss and learn from your boss, right? We see this in every organization, especially when we talk about people that are in higher positions than you. Everybody in a lower position thinks that they know more than the people in higher up positions. Well, at the end of the day, those people are in those positions. Whether they did get that position from who they know or whether they did get that position because they worked their ass off or because they actually have the skills and the knowledge required for that position. Like there's always another layer to it when we start to compare why someone is in a position and you're not. Whether you like your job or your life or your family or your living situation, like you have to be coachable. Because if you want different outcomes, if you want something different than you currently have, you have to learn how to get it. And coachability starts with perception. Who are you being coached by? What are you learning? How are you showing up to it, right? Your approach to learning matters. If you want anything better for yourself, 
You want to think different. You have to be on alert for new things. You have to have the perception that you're open to learning because learning is an ongoing process and it has to be because when it's not, that's when you get stuck. That's when you start to feel like you're peaking, right? So when we talk about coachability, being on alert is not about being in a space where you are reacting to what's happening around you, reacting to what your boss tells you, reacting to um, other people in your environment. Coachability starts with how you prepare for the learning environment, right? If you find yourself reacting to situations, obviously you're not in a coachable mentality, right? You think about the things in your life that you genuinely enjoy. You show up to those things differently than the ones that you show up to just because you feel like you have to. I mean, before you put yourself in a learning environment, how you prepare to learn matters. I think the people that are most coachable prepare themselves to be coached prior to the actual event. I was actually just having a conversation in my leadership program like this past week about how excited I was for this new class. And I'm going to get to why I'm bringing this up right now. So how my master's program works is I take one class for a condensed period of time and Literally, right when one class ends, the next class starts. And it's one of those things where you get to the last week of class and mentally you're like exhausted, you're over it, you're done. Like you were like, I need a break from school. Then not even 24 hours later, you're starting a new class. And for some reason, every single time I start a new course, I'm like rejuvenated. I get a burst of energy. I'm ready to go like all over again. And it's not even like a 24 hour turnaround, but I like mentally I'm stimulated to learn something new again. And this is because I genuinely like learning. My memory of my childhood is like super shit. Like I don't really remember too much, but one thing that is absolutely like imprinted in my brain is the excitement that I had every single time I went to school. Whether it was a new school year, whether it was a new class, waking up to go to school every single day. I like thoroughly enjoyed school. I loved learning. And I credit this to my mom. As a kid, right, you are a product of your environment. And my mom made learning fun for me and my siblings. Where I would be excited to do homework, it really didn't matter the subject. Um, I would be excited to read a book. I would be excited to share it with her. I'd, I'd be so excited for her to like give me feedback on what she thought about it. This is because she taught me how to fall in love with learning. She literally taught me how to be coachable by making learning fun. So bringing this back to me now at 27 in my master's program, I get the exact same feeling when I apply myself to environments or to people or to subject matters that matter to me. I get fucking pumped to learn about things that I don't know. Or if I do know it, I'm learning about things with people that I don't know. So I get to learn through their experiences, which I obviously have no experience with. And I think that's really cool. Not everybody has that approach to learning, though. Right? People want success. People want to be happy. But they don't necessarily want to put the work in or they don't want to ask for the help from the people that have tools that they need to be successful, to feel more happy, to live a life that they want. John Maxwell, who is a New York best-selling author, um, I'm going to quote him right now. He said, if you want to be successful tomorrow, then you must be teachable today. I know somebody in your life has probably told you, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. It's one of those things that people roll their eyes about, but how fucking true is that? If you're going to experience life, you have to double down on your ability to listen. Undivided attention. You ever heard that? 
giving your undivided attention to somebody means that you are fully present. means that you're all in right then. If you want to experience life in the most expressive way that you can, you have to develop being a habitual learner, which, I mean, okay, how do you do that? Because, like, I don't know, my opinion, I don't think that you can constantly be in a state of learning. That's why, in my perspective, I mean, you can have a different perspective, but I think you have to be intentional in certain areas of your life. You can't, like, be intentional the entire time that you're awake. I think that's just mentally exhausting. And it's like, for me anyways, that leads to being overstimulated in areas that I don't want to be overstimulated. Like, I'm cool if I'm overstimulated in a learning environment. Um, I'm cool with that. I can recover from that. But it's areas that I like, I don't want to be mentally stimulated in for an extended period of time. Like, that fucks me up, right? So when I say being a habitual learner, I want you to think about the areas of your life where um, where you genuinely want to learn more about. The areas of your life that like you truly, truly care about. And I think you have to do that before learning can actually take place. Because then it comes back to what I was talking about earlier. Because you can prepare yourself to show up to things with a learner's mentality. Right? You can go to practice. You can go to class. You can go to your job. You can go to a meeting with the mentality that you're going to learn something. Right? Having an open mind, having an open heart in a learning space should bring you excitement should make you energized. I think it also allows you to see the mistakes that you make in those spaces and those situations. You get to see those mistakes as feedback because you're prepared to make errors, right? You're prepared for somebody to correct you. You're prepared for somebody to give you advice for ways in which you can do what you're currently doing better. Because when you prepare yourself to approach an environment, a conversation, even like maybe a new behavior that you want, any of these things... You create a safe space for yourself because you know you're in control of how you receive the feedback that you'll get. I think the other thing that you have to consider as you are trying to be more coachable is who are you learning from? Who is your coach? Who is your mentor? And those can be completely different people. I don't think that every coach can be a mentor. I really do think that anybody can be a coach on any spectrum you apply that to. Um... I don't think every coach is a mentor, right? Mentorship is selected. Coaches aren't always selected. But who are you learning from? Like, who are you observing? Who are you in contact with, like, every single day? Um, and the relationship that you have with that person matters, right? Like, like, if you have a coach who you think that is just the worst and, like, you know more than they do and or you find yourself disagreeing with the majority of the shit that they say, you need to get you a new coach because obviously you're not going to show up being coachable, right? Whoever your coach is, like you have to see them as being a valuable resource to you. Like there's things that they know that you don't know, which in any spectrum of that is attractive to you, which is why you want to be connected to them in the first place, right? Whatever they know, whatever their value is, it has to have credibility built into it or else you're not going to carry the perception that you can learn from them and you can make growth being in their presence. Like that's a problem. Like the player coach or the leader follower dynamic has to have accountability built into it that's wanted. Meaning like for me as a basketball coach, the most coachable players want to be held accountable and feel like they are accountable to their coaches. I'm going to hop on this basketball train real quick. 
talking about the player-to-coach dynamic in terms of communication. There's a certain look and sound to the coachable player, right? Something that we talk about every single day is verbal and nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication is all the shit that happens with your body. Because whatever it is that's going on with your body on the outer appearance reflects how you are actually feeling in that moment. And to a coach, a player's body language says everything they need to know about where they are mentally. Um, say a player turns the ball over. They drop their shoulders, they drop their head. Boom. Right away, that kid's defeated, they're out. Now, if that kid is on the opposing team, I'm telling my players we're going at that kid. Because it's a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you're not fully present in the moment. It's a sign that you're checked out. So basketball is a game of change of speed, change of direction, right? Momentum shifts matter. So regardless of a scouting report, if we see a kid on the opposing team with that body language, we're setting up a one-on-one because that's going to give us a competitive advantage that we can build on right now. However, say one of our players did that in a game, they're coming out immediately because they're replaceable. In practice, they might have one or two chances to correct their attitude, correct their behavior, correct their response, obviously, to what's going on. And I say that a kid gets taken out of a game because me, as a, as a college basketball coach, I don't feel like I'm responsible for how a player chooses to react in the environment that I put them in. And yeah, that's a reflection of me as a coach, and I'll wear that. But poor body language, bad body language, signals to a coach that that player doesn't want to be coached. That player doesn't want to be a resource to the team, so they got to come out. It's the same concept with the verbal communication. When a coach talks to a player in the team setting, they normally don't just do it for the hell of it. There's something that needs to be addressed right then. So coachable players that are present in the one-on-one conversation looks and sounds a very specific way. There is 1,000% eye contact. Their shoulders are rolled back. They're standing up tall. They're giving head nods, right? Verbal, nonverbal communication. They're asking questions for more clarity. You know, being coachable doesn't mean that you don't question the coach. Being coachable doesn't mean that you don't question their perspective. You're allowed to do that. But like I said, being coachable looks and it sounds a specific way. You can question and you can challenge um, a perspective in a certain way, right? That's why developing the relationship with your coach matters. So that there's mutual respect. There's a mutual understanding of how each person communicates. But the other side of it is if you're trying to be coached, you have to consistently demonstrate that you're receiving feedback and then you're applying the feedback. There's nothing worse than pouring information into a person and them doing nothing with it. It's like the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it, right? So when you start thinking about you being coachable, are you being given the tools that you need to be successful? Then the follow-up question is, are you using those tools? I don't know about you, but for me, I'm not trying to pull nobody in a direction that they don't want to go. Like, I don't want to coach anybody who doesn't want to be coached. I had to waste my energy. It's a waste of my time. And I mean, that's something that I had to learn. The first couple of years into my coaching career, I had this like, well, honestly, I still have it, but I have this like save a kid complex. Not every kid can be saved, right? Not every employee can be saved. 
sometimes leaving the environment, leaving the situation, leaving the school is what's best for the individual. But early on in my career, I was a big, big puller. Like I wanted to see these kids succeed so bad. And it's it wasn't just in basketball. I wanted them to succeed academically. I wanted them to succeed within their families, you know? You can pull, you can pull, you can pull. But at the end of the day, you're not them. And you can't jump in their head and do it for them. Like now, staying on this push-pull dynamic, I kind of think of myself more on the pushing side. Like I, I... I'll pull for a little bit, like, I'll entertain that slightly, but, like, I'll push the shit out of a kid anytime. Meaning, if a kid wants something for themselves, I'm going to get behind them and I'm going to help them get there. It's one of those things that I truly believe in, which is that leaders lead from the back. Leaders don't lead from the front. Like, if they have goals for themselves, I'm on board. If they're coachable, I'm on board. If they have a work ethic, I'm on board. Meaning, like... I'll, I'll be a fucking chameleon however I need to be if it's going to help them get to where they want to go. And only if they're the ones leading the way. Because here's the thing. Even the greatest sports players ever were super coachable. I think about Michael Jordan. You know, people talk about Michael Jordan like he was such an asshole. But his teammates, his teammates talk about him differently. They might say that he's an asshole, yes. But they'll also tell you that he would never ask them to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. He was quoted saying, my best skill was that I was coachable. I was a sponge and aggressive to learn. Pause on that. He said he was like a sponge and he was aggressive to learn. That's super intense. The greatest basketball player ever was a sponge within the game, right? He wanted to learn all that he possibly could about the game of basketball. He was so, so passionate about it. I mean, he uses the language. He was aggressive to learn. You can't be passive when you're learning. You can't like tiptoe into it. That's why I said, pick your areas that you really care about in life. Pick your areas where you want to grow. Where do you want to get better? And then just dive into it. Aggressively insert yourself and open your ears, open your heart and get the absolute most out of becoming all that you want to be. Open a damn book, schedule a meeting, make a phone call, send the email, get on fucking YouTube, start coaching yourself. One of the greatest teachers you will ever learn from is the person in the mirror. Not saying that you shouldn't find a coach, not saying that you shouldn't have a mentor. You absolutely should, but you should have both. You should want to coach yourself. You should want to explore your own learning process. And then, of course, as Michael Jordan said, aggressively attack the learning process. So that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in. And hey, if you enjoy this podcast, if you learn anything here ever, um, it would be really, really awesome if you could share it with a friend. It is fairly new. As you guys know, this is episode 20. So I am going to ask for your help just to help me spread the message. That's all I want to do. I want to help people connect with the deepest parts of themselves. So if you guys can do that, that would be awesome. All right. See you on the next episode. Hope you have a good week.